You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day and welcome back to Behind the Podcast with Jules and Stocks. Today, Stocks and I went behind the podcast with Sam Bonzer, producer at, well, Producey, home to titles such as Dylan Friends and List Cloggers. Sam is living the dream at the moment, like his co-founder at Producey, Dill Buckley, who we've interviewed in the past. Give that one a listen too. Sam is someone who isn't afraid to take a chance, network and just get stuck in. There are no shortage of nuggets in this one, so why don't we just throw over to Sam. Sam, tell us about yourself and how you got started. All right. Well, my name's Sam Bonser. I uh, started out in um, sport media doing a lot of internships after kind of finishing my degree in media communications. Um, I guess my overall dream was to work in sport media. Um, in some respect, I was a crazy AFL fan kind of going through my uni. So um, like a lot of young people in Melbourne specifically, uh, I wanted to work in football in some capacity. I didn't really know what that meant. Um, I, I think I anticipated the, the landscape of sport media changing in a big way just because it, it always did. Um, I didn't really want to work in television. Uh, so I, I, when, I fin- when I finished uni I, I went and worked at an agency for a couple of years which was really good uh just a small boutique agency that nobody would have heard of but uh got a lot of experience there working with um uh big corporates and kind of uh big uh government departments and then from there i finally got uh, kind of a dream job at carlton football club which is um for those who don't follow football maybe some sydney siders might not know too much about carlton but basically they're one of the biggest clubs in melbourne one of the biggest sporting clubs or most like one of the oldest sporting clubs in the world i'd say um so it was just like a a dream come true uh so there i did the video content and then um from there uh, a couple years later after going through covid with them kind of living in the hubs which is quite an experience I um I I started doing some work pro bono with a a company called Lockdown League, uh, which was like an online gaming uh, online gaming uh, company that um kind of facilitated athletes playing against each other during COVID. It's quite a fun little setup, but that's generally how I met uh, Dill Buckley. Um, we kind of just spoke maybe once or twice and then someone told him that I was working in kind of sport media and he started calling me like every second night asking me what I should do what he should do with you know video content what he should do with uh guests for Dylan friends and I guess we had a lot of similar um opinions about kind of where his his show could go and you know the possibilities of you know new media and after a while he kind of invited me to on to produce his show uh dylan friends um i I didn't actually have any any experience producing uh podcasts but i guess it was the background in sport media and kind of understanding athletes and uh you know just having the general technical knowledge of um audio and visual that probably got me working with him and yeah we basically i was a i was a fan of dylan friends before i i started working with dill like it was probably the first time i'd ever heard athletes talk in a really open and honest way about you know how they felt and you know what was going on behind the scenes and you know what was going on in their mental state and i just thought it was like the coolest thing so when he started calling me i was like this is great this is something really fresh uh this is something that i'd love to get involved with and then 
that kind of sparked after a while and you know I did probably 70 episodes with him whilst working at Carlton so I was kind of doing two things at once which was really refreshing actually and then you know at one stage it just got to an end where Dill was doing so well with his podcast that he wanted to start a company called Producey and there probably isn't anything like it before we started it which was you know a big call for me and that was basically like a a new sport media company that was going to do podcasting and you know video content and all these different things pretty much anything you could think of we were going to do um any any idea we had was a winner and that's kind of where we landed now we've got you know five podcasts now generally they're all entrenched in in football in one way or another um and yeah, that's what's led me here today. I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a, uh, uh, what's the word? What's the, what's the thing man? called when you, um, imposter syndrome? I've only been doing podcasting for about uh, a year and a half, and you guys are interviewing me about producing podcasts. So, yeah, hey, happy to be here though. That's the modern podcast journey, right? I mean, it's such a young industry. People come from all different walks of life. Um, we'd love to drill down about Producey, but first, just want to go back into, I guess, your journey. So, the first place you're at was sort of was at Media Link Productions. Yeah, that's right. So, Media Link Productions was that agency. Uh, we, funnily enough, we did a few podcasts. Uh, we did them for corporates, though. They weren't very interesting. They were generally just kind of internal podcasts that. Uh, we used, I think one was for RACV and they would, you know, do podcasts and send them out to all the people on the roads and they'd listen to them and it was kind of messages from the CEO. Um, but yeah, I, I got really good experience there. Uh, you know, for anyone kind of coming out of uni and wanting to kind of get a start, like a, a small agency is perfect because you kind of get, you're right next to kind of whoever's running the business, whoever's dealing with people directly at all these big companies. So you generally tag along to everything and you kind of get to have a crack at pretty much every part of the business, whether it's, you know, comms, whether it's, you know, production of the actual media, whether it's video or, you know, podcasting in this sense or even photography and things like that. Starting out in a small agency is just just perfect. So that's kind of where I started. Yeah, it gives you that utility, isn't it? You become a bit of a exposed to a lot more things than you would in a big company. Yeah, you learn quick. Was the lockdown league, can you tell us a bit about that? I mean, how did that come about was that on twitch or was where was that was that living yeah that was on twitch so that was kind of a a strange one i just been like uh stood down at carlton and was pretty hungry to keep working because i didn't really want to sit at home and then uh, i saw started seeing on instagram all these posts about this new gaming company and had all these athletes and i didn't really connect gaming and athletes together so i I was immediately interested in what they were doing and i didn't really i wasn't really a fan of gaming but anything that i've always been attracted to anything that kind of seems strange at first and you know it seems to be the first of its kind and this certainly seemed that way i don't think anyone's done it really since maybe some athletes do some gaming but there wasn't really any kind of big competition so I had a connection to a, a guy who was two GWS guys and I sent a guy a message saying, can you pass my number on? I'd be keen to even just do some stuff for them for free. And yeah, got a call back and then, you know, for about four or five months, maybe six even, I was just kind of helping them build this company and helping them with kind of every facet. It kind of, it, it led to a, a point where it didn't really continue at one stage. I think that's when everyone kind of went back to work and, you know, the online gaming thing probably wasn't going to be sustainable with athletes that have full schedules. But yeah, that's kind of how I got involved with that. Super interesting. And then at Carlton, so your role was as a video producer, was that right? 
Yeah, so my initial like expertise was generally video production. Obviously, as you can imagine, it's pretty uh, comparable. Oh, sorry, the it's pretty. You can take your skills from video production and take them over to podcasting. You just lose the video part. Um, and I basically worked there as a video producer. As almost like an entry level. It was probably a little too old to be joining them as an entry level, but I was so desperate to work in football that I probably would have done it at the age of 40, to be honest. <laughs> and I, I basically my job was to cover the Carlton Football Club, you know, promote them, market the team, try and get memberships, uh, try and get people to the games on the weekend by making the, the training look as exciting as possible. And then obviously go to the game and, you know, when we lose, turn the cameras off. When we win, you know, just shoot as much as you can and post as much as you can. So, uh, yeah, working at a club like that, though, like the experience you get from working in a football, a football club or any sporting club is it's, uh, it's really priceless just because it's the only – there's just so many unique parts about working at a, at a sporting club or working in a sporting environment where – you know, there's 80,000 people going to your workplace on a weekend to watch the people you work with. And there's just, there's just so many aspects that are just so fascinating to the public that it's it's just a strange place to work. Like, I, I remember uh, walking into work on a Monday morning and there's, you know, herds of people hanging out the front and asking you questions about what's going on inside. So, it was, it was definitely an exciting place to work. Um, didn't really have many... Winning, like I don't know if you follow AFL, but we didn't really win many games when I was there, yeah. uh, so it wasn't so much fun all the time. It, it kind of you, you ride the uh, the wins and losses a lot, yeah. Um, but yeah, like the experience you get and the fast paced culture and the amount of content that you're putting out on a daily basis is crazy at a sporting club. So it's an amazing place to get experience in any kind of media production. And then tell us about the move into producing, or, or you know what the conversations were like in setting something like that up. I mean, you're yourself admittedly quite early on in that journey in certainly producing at least for podcasts what did you kind of want to get out of the business what is the objectives for it going forward the first conversation i had with dill about it was that he, he was starting this business kind of on the back of the success of dylan friends with another guy called adam baldwin who he partnered up with in in, in a business in a business sense and uh i think me and Dill's relationship is quite strong. We've been kind of working together, you know, for two or three years, well, two or three years now, but probably a year and a half before that. Um, I was probably one of his first colleagues out of football. Uh, he, because obviously he started the podcast and he was working on that semi alone. And then I was working with him on it. Uh, and he basically said they wanted to start this company. It was going to be a podcast network and they were going to do media production. And, but, you know, there, were, there was going to be no kind of boundaries on what we were going to do. And that kind of spoke volumes to me. And there was going to be a lot of freedom for me to kind of not only work at Producey, but do other things and find um, other projects I wanted to work on. Because, uh, as I said before, after working at a football club and being in such like a, a strong, tight environment where you probably didn't have time to work on other creative projects, this kind of uh worked really well for me because not only could i um you know make executive decisions on the content i was creating at producey i could i could explore other projects as well which is obviously really important especially at like at my age where um i'm getting to the point where i you know i want to do things i really want to do i don't just want to be in one lane all the time um as i'm sure you could imagine you guys at diamantina do lots of uh fun different things yeah it's if it's good to be able to have some fun um, and so then the second podcast that you guys did was One List Cloggers with Dan Goring, is that correct? 
That is correct. Yeah, list cloggers started back in probably twenty late twenty twenty. So we've been doing it for about two years now, which is pretty wild. And that was kind of a birth child of Dills. He he kind of noticed whenever he brought Dan Gorringe onto his podcast, the uh, the numbers would spike up and you'd get incredible feedback. And he uh, yeah he, he basically said you know I'd already been working with him on Dylan Friends. He said you know let's start this other podcast with Dan. And it kind of went from there. Like the the chemistry between those guys is like un, unreal. Like you just can't buy it or you can't find it anywhere. They obviously played footy together, but even beyond that, just as friends, like I think even if they didn't play football together, their kind of chemistry and their sense of humor and the way they kind of uh, almost finish each other's sentences, but also set each other up for kind of jokes and stuff is uh, is unreal. And it, it kind of goes beyond like being, you know, silly and funny, like they, they genuinely have like a lot of care for each other underneath all the all the jokes they make so there's yeah there's like a very special source there underneath it all um which is probably what attracted me to it i thought it was like the best idea ever when it started and kind of i I still love it i still love doing it yeah it's a very different show in format to dylan friends um much more segment based obviously a two-hander with those guys just being very funny fellas um, how did you come up with, how was the development of that process, I guess, of the show and the format and how much has it evolved since then? Yeah, it, the format was pretty funny first up. I, they kind of let me lead kind of doing the, the run sheets and things, but it was generally trying, like after a while, what I quickly realized was it was more just me kind of setting them up to kind of run free on different topics and I realized it was just more me kind of figuring out what I thought was funniest that they explored. And often that was like them talking about pop culture or then talking about football. But one of the special things about the podcast and it kind of separates it from other sport podcasts is just kind of their sense of humor and their kind of self-deprecation with the sport. Like they, when you, when you think of footy shows, you think of people like trying to analyze the sport and like trying to like, you know, rank players and talk about who's going to win the premiership. But they kind of talked about really weird things like, uh, talking about getting delisted and what, what's that like and, uh, talking about coming back from the buy, which is, you know, halfway through, through the year and knowing that your time's running out. So you start doing like strange things. Like they kind of represented this underdog story in football that hadn't really been explored. Like nobody talks about the, the 20 or so guys that don't don't play on the weekend and they kind of represented that faction in a big way which made this show kind of unique and i think it's inspired like a lot of other shows that are, are taking like the funny side of football and running with it rather than trying to be serious and you know analyze and report on the football it's like a science yeah i mean those guys are so funny and and they're also quite humble but do you ever have to push back on them and how does that go and there's any sort of strategies for managing them i guess they're not your usual talent with the uh diva complexes (laughs) no not at all they um no i I don't really push back on them at all like they they know what they're doing it's just generally a bit of guidance like you know let's talk about this let's talk about this but if they've got something to talk about they'll generally run with it and that's probably when things you know go the best is when they want to talk about something so i i consider myself more of a full net for them where i'll write down notes but generally they're just going to like run free with whatever topic they want to talk about it could be a whole episode about facebook marketplace because they just sold something on facebook marketplace and they think you know all these different things are funny about it so I definitely um, I don't consider myself uh, a director in the show. It's more like a a full net um, with uh, some ideas in the background. 
and have you guys got some other shows in the making? I mean, everyone always wants to talk about next, what's next in these sorts of things. Have you got any kind of big ones coming up? Yeah, so we've got, we've got a few new podcasts. Uh, one's called Bromley Lynch, and that's a, a, sh- a small show about um, two twins from the t- from Torquay, which is a, a beach town, probably probably sixty k's away from Melbourne, and they're pretty much the most lovable guys you've ever met. Like they're they're really intoxicating. I feel like they could very easily have a, a breakfast talk show. Uh, got, their chemistry is unbelievable. Like the, the special thing about these twins is they're, they're probably like twenty six years old. They love surfing. They're really fun loving guys. But the, the really special thing about these two twins is how much they love each other, and. They, uh, whenever they say a joke, their twin is usually the one la- laughing loudest in the room, which I just find so strange. I just would think they're so sick of each other. <laughs> but the love they have for each other is kind of what makes this show special. And generally, the crux of the show, without getting, yeah, so obviously I've given a big profile on who they are, but the actual show is generally like a quiz show. So they they'll get guests on and they'll um they'll do a quiz, but generally the quiz is more like a, a sit round the table on a Sunday afternoon and do the quiz and talk about the questions and branch off into conversation and yeah they're, they're really they're really special talent those guys. That's just kind of a launching uh, pad for the conversations that it can promote around it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's it's like the perfect avenue for them to kind of branch off into. And I don't think everyone could do it uh, the way they do it, but they they kind of every time there's a question that has any nostalgia related to it, they kind of go into their past and talk about that for about ten minutes. And the guest is like all about it. Uh, and I think I think what makes that show a little bit more special is that I think people are a bit tired of um, the in interview kind of format of shows i think that's what everyone thinks they need to do because maybe they don't think they're interesting enough to kind of have just a conversation about things uh so it's really refreshing when a guest comes on that maybe thinks they're going to get interviewed and they come on and they're just part of the show yeah i think i think that's a big a big future for podcasting is that people are going to get sick of getting interviewed but if you bring them on and just make them part of the show i think uh i think you can have a lot more success getting people on how did you find these two guys where did they come from so they they started a Instagram page called Covard Cafe, and basically it was them doing Instagram lives, uh, you know, every weekend just to kind of build a bit of community and kind of see their friends initially, and all kind of sit down and do the quiz, and you know, people would be in the comments, but they'd come in and they the way they'd introduce it was like it was like a, a news forecast or like a talk show, and they'd come in like playing a song, and then they'd get into the quiz, and there was just uh, something really lovable about them. And Dill, they invite Dill actually got invited on the show, and uh, Dill like immediately fell in love with them, uh, like a lot of other people do, and immediately wanted to do a show around them. So we kind of just built out this concept of, you know, a bit of news and a bit of uh, a bit of personal stuff, and then they'd go into the quiz usually with a guest so yeah super interesting um what does a week look like for you generally it's kind of the some of the shows we do are the same time every week so there's probably like three of our five shows that we that we do at the same time every week so there's some staples in there and then shows like dylan friends where it's just a a guest um uh, whenever the guest can do it generally because we're trying to get on people with a bit who are quite busy uh that that's usually done at different times each week and then uh there's a few shows that are dependent on afl players so yeah the schedule there's a bit wacky but Generally, it's just bouncing around the, the five shows that we do and then kind of servicing the, all the clients that we have at the moment, which is kind of, you know, branded podcasts and video content. So, that kind of sporadically moves around that. But uh, 
Yeah, generally it's it's pretty it's pretty up and down in terms of an actual format of you know when we're in the office and stuff. So which is kind of which is kind of great, um, but there's there's no real plan there. <laughs> so tell me a bit about the uh, the branded podcast and how you work with clients there. I mean, one, how do you find them, and then two, what's the creative process like if you did want to do something uh, partnership with them? Well, we've got some people that work in our team. Uh, Justine, uh, who's Dill's partner, and Steph, uh, who who works as our partnerships manager, and they kind of they'll go out and seek out you know clients that we think would work well with us, and then they kind of pitch them these you know branded podcasts. Sometimes they come to us. Generally, we're working with people that you know obviously share uh, similar personality traits with producing uh, companies like Real Stu- uh, Stuff, which is uh, Hunter Johnson. Um, his, his his men's care company um, and uh, then we'll kind of develop a plan with them about what what kind of the podcast could be and how it can relate to their brand and and kind of go from there so generally it starts with a bit of like a an idea and then we kind of build it for them and then we produce it for them we record it for them and then we edit it and package it kind of give them advice on how to publish it in the best way possible with you know social clips and and all that and yeah it's kind of end to end usually Uh, have you had sort of varying levels of of skill come through the doors when you've had to do those kind of things yeah certainly so like for example uh hunter johnson's actually like amazing at interviewing because uh he 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 works with a company called man cave which is basically uh a company that go an organization non-for-profit i believe that goes into schools and kind of runs workshops with young men kind of treating them how not to be you know uh, wankers basically <laughs> and um, uh, and naturally he's having these conversations with young men constantly trying to get to their you know emotional core I would say so his interviewing skills are like amazing so his his skills right up there and the team there are really good at kind of researching their guests and all that so they they're, they're amazing and then you know some other ones probably don't have as much skill level and you kind of have to guide them a little bit and give them examples and you know tell them to stop arming all the time and which I've been doing the whole time now so I can't really talk but you know you got to you got to give tips where there's tips but yeah definitely varying degrees of skills and kind of understanding of what a podcast should be for sure the real stuff podcast that's a uh Branded podcast for stuff, which is sort of a healthy, healthy healthcare, but also trying to promote healthy masculinity to sort of align the brand. Is that, I guess, the brand piece there? Yeah, literally. They they developed a lot of that concept themselves, so we won't take credit for that. But generally, yeah, it is a podcast that's around, you know, healthy masculinity. So generally, they'll get in either, you know, all kinds of people and they'll explore those topics from different perspectives you know male female anyone really and uh they'll they'll kind of go deep into you know their feelings about it and experiences they've had about masculinity and and kind of maybe give out a bit of advice from personal experience some of the final questions we have are just around the industry kind of trends and things i mean where do you see all of this going and and what's the kind of grand plan for producing well, firstly, I was I was tempted to look up where podcasting's going in the future, which I didn't do. Uh, but I think generally, one thing I've noticed is uh, is it's just going to become more and more accessible to the average person. Uh, like the way you see kind of products coming out, you know, every so every you know month it seems. I don't know if I'm seeing that because I'm in the industry, but it seems like it's more easier and easier to create your own podcast. And I think that's something that people are drawn to, not just because they want to, you know 
showcase themselves, but because it's this unique platform where they are forced to sit down and kind of have conversations with their friends about topics they really care about, which I don't think happens that often in in uh, in life. Uh, so, and it's also like a, a place to talk about really niche things that you, you're passionate about, which maybe you don't get to talk about with anyone apart from maybe on forums. Uh, and then, like young people, I think the the reason they love you know you see all these young people with podcasts in their bedroom is because it's kind of this one time that they get to kind of sit down and talk about things that they they care about and they're vulnerable about and um I, yeah i guess I, I basically my point is i think it's going to become more and more um user generated content basically and i also think that it's the one platform that's not going to get shorter and shorter which is kind of refreshing uh, i think people are kind of replacing films and tv in a lot of ways with kind of this really short tiktok and instagram content as everyone's aware and i think it's the one uh platform where or medium that people aren't dying to get shorter and shorter versions of they they almost want longer and longer so i think the duration is definitely going to stay put which is which is great for us <laughs> Yeah, that's really interesting observation, actually. I think also the definition of what a podcast is, is broadening out. Um, it's not, I mean, people talk about, oh, there's so many podcasts out there. But I think, you know, the, with things like the video podcast you're doing and other things that are out there, the definition of what actually a podcast is, is just growing and growing and growing. So, yeah, more to come. Um, any podcasts that you listen to? Uh, non-producing ones ideally but you know free to give a plug if you want and was there any podcast that sort of went aha that's you know been very influential in what you do yeah no I won't give any I won't give any plugs people can go check them out if they want to ones I really loved and ones that like probably make me really passionate about what I do you kind of need a bit of a kick sometimes in getting motivated about what you do and some of those ones are definitely The Imperfects uh, with Hugh Van Kallenberg and Ryan Shelton and uh, Hugh Van Kallenberg which is basically a show an interview show where they bring on a guest and they get them to choose a card and basically it has a question or and it's something around vulnerability and, and they'll go into they usually like I reckon it like it's a bit set up to be honest I think they usually know what they want to talk about it's usually something pretty well thought out so I won't yeah I won't ruin it but that that one's really great and I just think it's just so positive for culture in general for them to be talking about those topics because they make it they make it sound so great as well like they make it really cool to be vulnerable which is just great it's one thing to be vulnerable but to make it kind of dressed up and make you want to go on the show and talk about your feelings like that's just great and then a couple other ones i like uh armchair experts with dax shepherd that one's really great uh i think it's just really honest and raw and any anytime you know anybody's being honest and raw i think people are attracted to it uh, he's just so like yeah him and the guests are very just honest about who they are and they're not trying to put on a front for the show which is often the case with you know some some of these platforms so that one's really great and another one i like is called smartless which is generally just kind of like a movie podcast that i love well it's actually not really a movie podcast but they all kind of work in the movie industry so naturally it's in its DNA. I, I, I absolutely love that one. That's three podcasts I love, actually. Yep. <laughs> no complaints here. Uh, how about any kind of advice you'd like to give to listeners out there? I mean, certainly for how someone can pursue a career in the, well, I was going to say the new media, but the sort of, you know, decade old long media, the, the somewhat mature media. Or if you want to start developing shows or get your own show going. Any advice? First one would be uh, get around people who are as passionate about the things you are because I think 
in a lot of cases you can learn with someone and or learn with a group and move forward that way i think uh be as observant as possible about the the shows you like and try and you know dissect why you like them and what makes them special i think then you can start adding those elements to the shows you want to create um i think there's a lot of uh resources online to teach yourself that sounds easier said than done but i'm sure at one stage you couldn't you know teach yourself from end to end how to make a podcast in probably like 20 minutes but i think you could now uh i think if you want to be on 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 a podcast i'd practice being on a mic like for an example today like i've told you know like hundreds of people how to talk on podcasts but i can't do it myself because i haven't actually done it so actually just practicing to talk on mic is probably is probably a big one even if you're not planning on publishing it uh and and then just kind of do do whatever's going to motivate you further whether it's you know getting more educated and then getting deeper into what you love um but yeah that's that's probably it really that's great advice sam well hopefully this conversation can get out there and motivate some more people to get started and have the same sort of success that you've had hopefully that'd be wonderful thanks for taking the time today sam really appreciate it no drums at all thanks for having me guys i love what you guys do at diamond tennis so uh anytime <laughs>